1: Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today on the show. I'm Walker Wildman. This is the American Family Radio Network, and you're listening to The Core. That is the name of the show, AFA at the Core, in its fullest. And if you wonder where the name came from, very good question. And the reason this show is called AFA at the Core is because we attempt to focus each day on the core values of the American Family Association, which is the parent ministry of American Family Radio, which you're listening to on the FM airwaves or online. And American Family Association, the vision of AFA is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. I'll mention our six core values here, evangelism and discipleship, marriage and family, morality, sanctity of human life, stewardship, and religious liberty. Those are the core values of American Family Association. And that's where I serve as vice president of operations uh, at American Family Association. And I'm also a show host here on this show, AFA at the core. Tomorrow, we're going to have Rick Green guest hosting for myself. Uh, Rick Green, the Con- America's Constitution Coach, he'll be here tomorrow with you live, bringing you the core here on American Family Radio. Um, I do this each; I try to do it each week. Um, bring in Rick, let him co- let him guest host the show uh, once a week, and it gives me a little bit of time to do some of my Vice President of Operations duties, uh, so I can wear that hat on Friday and get some things done there. So that's who will be in the in the studio are behind the mic tomorrow with you. Rick Green from Patriot Academy, also America's Constitution Coach. And I hear good things about Rick hosting my show. Not only do I listen, but I hear good feedback from our listeners out there, which is what matters. Uh, Hey, our verse of the week is out of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verse 33. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but He blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Our goal in life should be in the dwelling. Uh, our goal should be to be in the dwelling of the righteous. That's where we should want to to settle. That's where we should want to live. Is in the dwelling of the righteous. Um, our by design a uh, challenge for the month of November, and we'll talk a little bit about this probably last segment with my brother Wesley Wildman. Uh, but we have a by design challenge out there for the month of November, and that is to participate and share um, something uh, uh, you're thankful for. Uh, the thankful for family challenge. You can do this on our by design Facebook page, uh, but if you go to our website afa.net forward slash by design, uh, you can link directly through there through to the challenge of the month of November. And our overall goal with by design is to help build godly. God-honoring marriages, and as a result of that, we will then build God-honoring families uh, with the uh, uh, offspring of our children, and uh, we can build godly households that way. Uh, Jumping right into uh, the show, we're going to have on two guests next segment. We're going to have on C.J. Fisher with uh, Juvenile Justice Ministry. He is the uh, Great, Great Lakes Regional Coordinator as well as the Juvenile Justice Ministry Area Director. Uh, So we'll have him on next segment. We'll also have on Steve Dace from Blaze TV. Steve's also the author of several books, but the latest is the one I interviewed Steve on not that long ago, and that is Fauci and Bargain, The Most Powerful Bureaucrat in American History. That's the name of the book that Steve authored. So we'll have on CJ Fisher next segment. We'll also have on Steve Dace as well. Uh, jumping right into the news of the day, I want to play a few clips here. Um, the uh, the president, Joe Biden. Um, you know, you wanna you wanna talk about who insults voters the most? Well, it's the Democrat Party. I mean, they got they got the most gaffes out there. They got the most clips out there of them saying things that are demeaning to the American public and demeaning to people who disagree with him, which in, in the world of politics and trying to garner support, that is just not the way to go about it. Um, and I, it just brings me back to the clip of Hillary Clinton during the 2015-2016 presidential campaign of, of the basket of deplorables comment that she made up in New York. <laughs> um, the basket of deplorables comment. Well, this isn't as bad as the basket of deplorables comment but this is clip one here. When questioned about the Virginia election results, President Biden just wants everybody to know that the electorate is just very, very confused. They don't know what's going on. Clip one, let's listen.
2: Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that.
3: Well, I think that uh, the whole answer is just to speak the truth, lay out where we are. Look, um, I'm convinced that if you look at everything from my view on the criminal justice system to my view on equal opportunity, to my view on economic issues and all the things that I have and what I've been pushing in legislation, each of the elements are overwhelmingly popular. We have to speak to them, though. We have to speak to them and explain them. Look. I just think people are at a point, and it's understandable, where there's a whole lot of confusion. Everything from, are you going to ever get COVID under control? To, are my kids going to be in school? Are they going to be able to stay in school? To whether or not uh, um, I'm going to get a tax break that allows me to be able to pay for the needs of my kids and my family. And they're all things that we that we're gonna that I'm running on. But we'll run on, and I think we'll do fine.
1: <laughs> oh, the electorate—they just don't understand what's going on. They're just not really grasping my my uh, my uh, my desires as commander in chief. But you know, you notice there that he's talking as if he's running a campaign. Uh, here are my—they—they uh, they just don't understand my positions. Uh, here are my policy items that I want to get done that are widely popular, he claims, even though the polls show the opposite. But most politicians, at least in Washington, D.C., are all talking no action. And and these are people with R's behind their name and D's behind their name. All talk no action. And, and it's always, look, this is what we're going to do. It's not this is what we're doing. It's this is what we're going to do. And it's like this, it's this clown show. And you're just waiting on something of substance to come about, but you're just getting a lot of fake stuff in front of you. And that's what's happening now. And this has been done under Republican administrations as well. Now, President Trump, he was a rare breed. He actually got things done. He demanded results because he's a businessman. That's what they do. But Biden is a 50-year politician. And that's not an exaggeration. He is a 50-year politician that is all talk and no action. So they're going to be talking politics and policy goals until he's out of office. They're going to do this for four or eight years, hopefully four. And when you look at you're going to look back and go, wow, what did he do? Well, the answer is nothing. He really did not much at all, except for mess the economy up through executive branch actions. But that's a separate topic. Uh, That we'll move to. So not only did last week the president say that voters just don't know what's going on, uh, they're just not informed, he also admitted during a speech this week that inflation is, quote, these are his words, worrisome. Yes, I would agree with you, Mr. President, inflation is worrisome, and we've been talking about it on this show for the past three months. So it is good to have the president coming around to the idea that his policies have been horrendous for America's economy. Let's listen to, this is a little bit of the president, but this is a CNN, one of their anchors, um, uh, uh, Brooke, I believe is her name, uh, Aaron Burnett, I'm sorry, Aaron Burnett on CNN. This is her giving basically her take on how the Biden economy is going. And it's mixed in with clips from the president himself.
4: President Biden addressing the surge in consumer prices that has been hurting America and threatening his presidency.
3: Today, I'm here to talk about one of the most pressing economic concerns of the American people, and it's real. And that is getting prices down, number one.
4: Biden forced to address the inflation elephant in the room after a new report found consumer prices surged more than 6% from a year ago. That is the sharpest increase in 31 years. And it's across all sorts of things. But let me just give you the example of gas. The price of a gallon of gas on average up 62 percent from a year ago. And it's not just from last year during the pandemic. This puts gasoline at a seven year high, averaging 341 a gallon in places like California, Hawaii or Nevada. It's close to or even more than four dollars a gallon, 463 in California, 434 in Hawaii. And Biden says the administration needs to do more. The thing is, here he is just last week.
3: Wages have gone up higher, faster than inflation.
4: Well, wages are not going up uh, faster than inflation at the current time. Just wages themselves have increased and they are up 5.1 percent on the year. Inflation, though, on a pure inflation to wages basis has wiped out those gains. It's up 16, uh, 6.2 percent. Right. So that would mean, you know, all in a negative impact on wages.
1: All right. Well, that is Aaron Burnett on CNN. admitting she's fact-checking the president on CNN. I've never seen this before. It's a very rare occurrence for CNN to go down this path of truth. Wow, what has happened at CNN? But she goes through and fact-checks the president, and he he just lied. Can you imagine any time President Trump, the former president, any time he would get his facts wrong, they would come at him like he was ripping up the Constitution. I mean, they would hammer him and badger him, and Kayleigh McEnany would have to issue a press release correcting the president any time he, he got a minute detail wrong. Well, here the president is saying, well, um, wages are, 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 are rising faster than inflation. That is factually inaccurate. And Aaron Burnett actually brought in the statistics. Wages are going up over 6%. I'm sorry, inflation is going up over 6%. Wages are at about 5%, so about a 1 percentage point gap there. So people are actually losing money. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. I mean, how on earth could wages keep up with this staggering historical 30-year high inflation? They can't. I mean, they just can't keep up. Economics will not let, them, uh, let the wages keep up with inflation. Um, and so that was CNN fact-checking the president. So the specific quote from the president about this uh, inflation being worrisome, he says, quote, everything from a gallon of gas to a loaf of bread costs more. And it's worrisome, he said, even though wages are going up. Uh, wages may be going up, but they're just not going up fast enough. That's my uh, commentary added there. Um, And then we have the Democrats and these economic advisors of the president claiming that spending more money in Washington, D.C. will help ease inflation. That pumping more money into the economy will help ease inflation. We all know that's not true. Well, 11 Senate Democrats, they agree that this whole paying four to five bucks a gallon for gasoline is a problem. They, uh, the 11 Senate Democrats, sent President Biden a letter urging him to take action to lessen the burden of rising gas prices, prices on American drivers. The Senate, the senators, made the request in a November 8th letter whose signers include. Senators Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, Elizabeth Warren, and Ed Markey, both of Massachusetts. That's just a couple of the 11 Democrats urging President Biden to get a a handle on the rising gas prices. Folks, that's not all that's going up, and it's not good for our country, and it's not good for middle-class workers and middle-class families. This is Biden's America, though. AFA at the court. I'm Walker Wildman. We got some great guests. Next segment, I want you to stay tuned.
2: Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Merriam Webster's dictionary defines socialism as an economic system in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. The distribution of goods are controlled by the state. It is a system where there is no private property. A stage of society in Marxist theory transitional between capitalism and communism. American socialists put the descriptor democratic in front of socialism because they hope to persuade you to vote for the elimination of private property. Make no mistake. Socialism is socialism. There is no kinder, gentler form of it.
5: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
4: This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patti Garibay of American Heritage Girls. We live in a fallen world. Within socioeconomic classes, races, sexes, or ethnicities, there are individuals who are, unfortunately, at a disadvantage compared to others. In God's eyes, though, we are all created equal. It's every parent's responsibility to teach their children about the importance of exhibiting God's heart for equality by standing up for others. David writes in the Psalms, I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Seek out local ministries and organizations devoted to serving the underprivileged, the marginalized, and the disadvantaged in your community and commit to regularly serving alongside your daughter. Together you can show her how to change the world to be a more welcoming, equal, and love-filled place. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
0: AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. I fell to mention a couple things about how you can connect with the show. We have our website up and running, afr.net. Uh, AFR.net is where you can get the podcast. You can also download the American Family Radio app as well. So when you download the American Family Radio app, it's free, by the way. No gimmicks, no tricks. It's free. It takes you a couple minutes to go to the App Store, type in AFR, or you can type in American Family Radio, download the app. You can listen to The Core on American Family Radio. You can listen to The Core. You can also listen to all of our other programs there on the app. You can listen live and go back and pe- and catch past shows, otherwise known as podcast, uploaded there on the uh, mobile application. And we have our AFA streaming platform also live. AFA streaming, if you go to streaming.afa.net, create you an account there and watch the core there on that platform. Streaming.afa.net is the URL. Streaming.afa.net is the URL. Well, I want to welcome to the line CJ Fisher who is a a regional coordinator for Juvenile Justice Ministry um, and also um, a part of the Youth for Christ Ministry as well, which all these kind of goes together. Hey, CJ,
6: welcome to the core. Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, glad to have you on. Hey, CJ, tell our listeners, so we have Youth for Christ Ministry, and then under that we have the Juvenile Justice Ministry, which you're a regional director of. Give our listeners an overview of... Uh, the Youth for Christ ministry, the overall organization, and then we'll jump down and talk a little bit about the juvenile justice ministry.
6: Yeah, so Youth for Christ's mission is to work together with the local church and other like-minded partners to make lifelong followers of Jesus who lead by their godliness and lifestyle, devotion to the Word of God, and prayer, and passion for sharing the love of Christ and commitment to social involvement. And so we Go where the students are, whether that be campus, community, or incarceration, or wherever the students might land. And we want to share the gospel. We want to uh, get into the mess of their lives, bring them hope, and, and really help them out and wherever they're at. And then by doing so and providing that hope through Jesus, we see changed lives and families' trees change and communities get changed.
1: Amen. Mm, hey, man. hey uh, how many, how many, um, uh... How many branches or how many chapters do you guys have across the country?
6: Yeah, so we currently have about 160 chapters across the U.S.
1: That's excellent. So, folks, maybe you can maybe can find a Youth for Christ chapter in their local area.
6: Yeah, awesome. absolutely. They can go to uh, yfc.net forward slash find dash yfc.
1: Now, now, uh, CJ, you you focus uh, are one of your one of your specialties is the uh, juvenile justice ministry, uh, which is mm-hmm. under Youth for Christ. So, talk a little bit about that and, and how you are able to help reach uh, those in the in the justice system in America, especially the youth.
6: Yeah, so juvenile justice ministry, which we call JJM, is just an arm of ministry of YFC and. So we've really we got kind of three core pillars of juvenile justice that we try to hope to reach. So we have corrections, we have the courts, and then we have the community. And so really the hope is to see a continuum of care, whether we meet them through incarceration or whether it's probation or parole, or maybe they're on home detention. So whatever whatever involvement they have in the justice system, we want to work with them and really get in the lives of our, our youth what is
1: the this is a very broad question here but in your experience um, what is the reaction when you go into the juvenile detention facilities um, are they're probably called different things depending on where you are but nonetheless uh, when you go into these facilities and and these youth uh, young adults are locked up for whatever crime they committed whatever charge they were convicted of what's the generic what's the general response that you get? What's the reaction you get when you just walk in and you try to meet and interact with people that you've never
6: met before? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, we we go in with a team of leaders, and a lot of times at first we're met just kind of stonewalled. A lot of the students are just like, oh, great, this is another program, or this is just another group that I have to be involved in, or you know, something to just distract my time with. But what really sets juvenile justice apart is that we go in and we we not only just want to bring in a per- program, but we want to go in building relationships. And so that looks like playing games or basketball or board games or whatever is available to do inside the facility. And then so as we build those relationships and build that trust with them, which usually occurs pretty quickly, we we are allowed to basically speak into their lives. They, they open up that trust door to us to be able to work with them, to be able to go back home into the communities with them and really provide that hope that really comes through Jesus. But we see that hope through Jesus brings about life change. And so they're, they're a lot more open once they see that we're not just another group, but that we're there to genuinely invest in them, that we want to see the best for them. Hmm. And it's it's really done through an act of love, as we see in the Gospels.
1: Amen, CJ. Hey, that's so powerful, and we need the body of Christ reaching out to those youth that are in troubled situations, troubled backgrounds. Many of them come from broken homes. Uh, we need the, the the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching their hearts. So God bless your work, CJ, and thank you for everything that you do.
6: Yeah, thank you.
1: All right, folks. Uh, Their website, by the way, for Youth for Christ is yfc.net. Very simple. We'll put this on the podcast page as well at afr.net, but their URL is yfc.net, otherwise uh, known as Youth for Christ. And then under that banner is the Juvenile Justice Ministry that I just interviewed CJ about. So go there and check it out. Hey, I want to welcome back to the core our good friend Steve Dace. uh, Steve Dace is a talk show host with Blaze TV, but he also authored his latest book of many called Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful bureaucrat in American history. Hey, Steve, welcome back to The Core.
2: You bet. Happy to be on. How you guys doing?
1: doing? Doing good, brother. Glad to have you on. Appreciate you working mm-hmm. me in today. Hey, uh, you put out a tweet. I think it was a tweet um, uh, talking about we got all these mandates. We got this tyranny going on, all coming from the Biden administration and these different uh, blue governors that are that are pushing all these mandates, these orders. You got private companies forcing this jab on their employees. I mean, the the problems are many, all surrounding the over the major overreaction to COVID-19. Uh, but you talked a little bit about the the role and the place for civil disobedience, and I think I want you to talk about this. Because we're, we're getting to a point, or I would say we're at a point, where civil disobedience has to be on the table. Uh, we just can't keep going along to get along and expect our liberties to come back uh, under under the uh, uh, the protection of the Constitution. So talk a little bit about the role of civil disobedience.
2: Well, one of the things I that I've done a lot in the last couple of years, Walker, is I've probably done a handful of different shows on what Romans 13 does and doesn't say. And something means what the author meant it to mean, not what we mean it to mean. And so we know that Romans 13 does not mean provide unconditional allegiance to the state. Because if it did, its author Paul was beheaded by Nero. Why? Why was he beheaded by Nero? Because Romans 13 is is is, as is the entire book of Romans is essentially, a catechism of Christ's teachings in the gospel, living those out in a real world. Romans 13 is a catechism catechism application of Christ's admonition, render under Caesar that which is Caesar, and render under God that which is Mm God's. And so there's jurisdictional limits and authorities here. And the reason Nero cut Paul's head off is not because he was a complete and total tool for the state. If he had done that, he would have been welcomed in Caesar's court. Mm. He beheaded him because Nero demanded something of Paul that Paul that Paul did not have the authority to grant Nero because Paul had to had, is commanded to worship God and not men. Yes. Similarly, in Peter's epistle, he says to honor the king, and yet Peter is crucified upside down. Why? Because once more, the state or the community or the citizenry or the world asks something of Peter that he cannot provide. Because it would be, he would then be violating the commandment. There is only one God, and then the second commandment: don't worship other or forge other gods. So this same this same uh, line of authority or hierarchy applies civically to us. Not to mention, in our form of government, we the people are the authority. All right, and so the authority that needs to be honored here, actually in our country, is us. We are the authority. Yes. Not the government. The gov- We are the we, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, what came before the Constitution, the people did. Yes. So, so, so we, the people, are the authority here. That We live in a representative republic, not a democracy or an oligarchy or some kind of feudalistic system. So when you put all those things together, what do you do then when the system no longer honors that chain of command? Well, we have two options. We can... Continue to violate our own conscience and, in some cases, the word of God, uh, or we obey God and not man. And this is what Martin Luther King Jr. articulates very well in Letter from a Birmingham Jail. I think it's one of the greatest essays of the 20th century. I'd urge everyone in your audience to read it. Mm. But it lays out a hermeneutic for civil disobedience. And it does so looking exegetically at really centuries of Christian ethicism and teaching, uh, citing everybody from Augustine to Aquinas to Blackstone. Uh, that's what Martin Luther King does in this piece. But essentially, it comes down to uh, both Augustine and Blackstone, who was the founder of a lot of English common law that was the formation of our own legal system, their admonition that any man-made code that doesn't square with the law of God is no law at all, and Christians have, an, have a duty to disobey it, period. And and that's probably the only way we're getting out of this, Walker, yes. that, that there is no way to vote yourself out of this. There will never be some kind of all-clear they're never giving up this power or authority unless we force them to, period.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. You couldn't, couldn't have said it any clearer. And that's why I've said regarding this jab order from Lord Biden and his Department of Labor, um, I've said multiple times, we're just not going to do it. I mean, it's not any more complicated. I don't have to bring in lawyers or go through the legalese we're just not going to do it steve because it, and and we we got a temporary victory at the fifth circuit afa did and others um but but this is illegal and it's unconstitutional and it doesn't really matter ultimately if a judge disagrees with our assessment of it because we are simply speaking the truth uh steve yeah. but this is if we don't stand here if 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 osha <laughs> can make me put something in my arm and my body against my will, what can they not do?
2: Do you know what we call people who aren't sure if they can freely breathe air or they have any bodily autonomy? Throughout history, Walker, we have referred to such people as slaves. Hmm. Okay? So that's really what we're talking about here. The, the, the mask mandates were to condition people for vaccine mandates. Yes, Vaccine mandates are to condition you to hand over your bodily autonomy. Once you have handed over your bodily autonomy, you are essentially handed over. That's, that's the pattern here. And, and the reality is, for too long, remember the controversy over eHarmony about 20 years ago, and courts told them they had to uh, provide a rainbow jihad webpage. No, they didn't. Well, the courts told them to. So, yeah. so don't do it. Well, then they might go out of business. I, I don't know. We, we, you know. we had a whole trial at Nuremberg. With a lot of German, uh, there was a very famous case, they made a movie about him called Judgment at Nuremberg, great film with Spencer Tracy, Burt Lancaster, and it's a famous case of a German judge who tried to defend himself at Nuremberg on the grounds that he's actually the hero, that he did actually save some Jews and others from being taken away to concentration camps by finding loopholes in, in German law that delayed or um, or, or or restricted that, that sentence. However, when he ran out of those loopholes, and the law was very clear that he was to do this, he honored the law. Mm. And so he tried to defend himself on these grounds at Nuremberg. You know what they did with him? They hung him by his neck until he stopped breathing. Why? Because it didn't matter what German law said. There was a higher law. And the highest law says, don't murder. And you committed an act of murder by sending those. You're not not a hero for the people you um, were able to... Loophole out of it.
1: You're yeah. the villain for the amount of people you sentenced to it. Yeah, and we. And, go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say we need we 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 the people are going to have to stand up, but along with us, Steve, we need governors with some dead gum backbone in this country. I we don't need senators or congressmen because they can't really do squat except for have hearings. We need governors that are going to stand up and say, "No, feds, you're not coming into our state." And forcing people to inject something into their body, we need governors to stand up
2: wholeheartedly. But for that to happen, we need to stand up. Yes, I agree. So you know, I mean, I've I've done a lot of uh, appearances and work with you guys' organization, and you know, with with your dad for many years. I highly respect it. I've been to your your offices. I know where they are in the heart of in of a red of red state Americana. Hmm. But but yet in, in in your state, a lot of Red-blooded, God-fearing American uh, dads uh, put a mask on their kid to send them to school last year, mm. or on their toddler to walk into a Costco. Yeah, might I might I suggest that if that if you're not willing to stand up to Costco before you mask your kindergartner or the the daycare at your at your local gym, maybe you're not really ready to truly take on the system because that that's that's really you cannot ask. What is it, Kate Reed, your governor? You can't ask more of him than the people themselves are willing to
1: do. You're right. You're right, Steve. I can't argue with that. You're right. Hey, God bless you, brother. Thank you for coming on.
2: You bet. Anytime. Take care. God bless. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Wow. A little dose of truth there from Steve Dace. If we're not willing to stand up on our own and defend our very own blood, how are we going to stand up to Caesar and fight for others? That's a great question. We have to fight for our own household so that we can stand up for others. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Got my brother Wesley Wildman coming in studio.
0: They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net.
6: In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity
1: is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing.
0: In his image,
4: with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event.
0: To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you
5: pay for healthcare and here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join Metashare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to Metashare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. I think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, Metashare is waiving their new member fees, so that's another $170 you'll save. And Metashare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
0: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Our guest last segment, Steve Dace, on the latter part of last segment. That was Steve Dace, host of the Blaze, a host on Blaze TV, also author of Fauci and Bargain, his latest book. Uh, There from Steve Dace. And, you know, I want to welcome in studio my brother, Wesley Wildman. Hey, glad to be here. Glad you're here. And, Wesley, uh, last segment, Steve was talking to us about the proper time for civil disobedience. Mm -hmm. And where we are now in America is. Uh, we it, it's past time for civil disobedience and what, what we're talking about specifically here is is when the state is is attempting and, and compelling people to do things uh that is against their conscience
7: yeah so on this topic you know for the longest especially early on as I begin to work here and even the the, the days leading up to that I've been here eight years full time going on nine, uh there was this sentiment among young christians and 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 in a particular section of the church that you know they would say things like um like like for a burger sake let's use that an example well it's law it's in place now it is what it is can't, you know they they would imply can't do anything about it um that's just a horrible way and just a terrible way to approach uh that particular topic and as well as other things I want, just for a second, Walker, if it's okay, I want us to go back and look at two places in history uh, that are pretty common for those of the historians that were new to me as I begin to prepare for this. But some of our audience will uh, pick up where I'm going this as I begin. But I was reading a book on the nullification and civil disobedience. And I want to take us back to the 1700s and the 1800s. Now, Now, what
1: are you reading from? Yes. I'm reading
7: reading from a book uh, from James Garlow, or or people know him as Jim Garlow, well-versed biblical answers to today's tough questions. Gotcha. And um, from 1798, Congress passed the the, um, Allen, the Allen and Sedition Act. And this contained penalties for criticizing the government. If you could imagine that was actually passed by Hmm. Congress. Um, But listen to this. Which we, uh, we know this is unconstitutional, and we also know that this is a threat to the First Amendment, to say the least. Well, Kentucky, before they could even, the ink even dry on the paper, in 1798, Kentucky wrote their own uh, Kentucky resolution that was written by Thomas Jefferson to say, uh, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Those are my words. Those aren't Thomas Jefferson's words. Right. Well, listen to this. He pointed to the Tenth Amendment, which we know that the Tenth Amendment says this, the powers not ne- not de- delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved for the states, respectively, or to the people. Well, he said, and they decided they weren't going to do it, and as a result, there was a snowball effect of states that piled on right away that says, we can't do that. The states have the rights to criticize the the the, the government because yeah. the states is what made the federal government. Yes, the states. It was the states? There would be no federal government, government without, without the states. states yes, right. Correct. so uh, And one, hey, one other one I want to look at, and then uh, I'll get your feedback yeah. on this, and then we'll transition into some biblical examples that I have for us. But in 1850, Congress passed the. This is Congress passed a Fugitive Slave Act, which coerced those in the free northern states. That they had to return fleeing slaves from the southern states back to their slaveholders. And Wisconsin and other northern states emphatically, emphatically refused yes. to recognize the validity of this particular act, and they deemed that the Supreme Court's opinion that denied the full personhood of the slave to be unconstitutional, and ignored then they ignored and defied this unconstitutional act. And when the government outside its uh, operates outside its enumerated powers. This is the perfect opportunity for states and and the, the, the and here it uses the word states and citizens. Mm-hmm. It's both right uh, to um to rebel against that. And we know that as um, states today that we need to be operating under the Constitution and we need to be pushing for pro life, pro family uh, legislators and governors that will uphold these things. Um, but also at the same time, as you were pointing out, we need to be willing ourselves to stand in the gap when need be. Uh, and I'll back up just a little bit to um, what Steve Dace was saying right before we got off the program about the mask situation. Uh, you know, I was waiting for the right time to share this. Uh, I know I've shared it in devotion before, but I, I think it's time for some, some, for some public airwaves. Y'all ready for this? So when uh about I guess like two three four months into the whole mass thing and and the shutdowns and lockdowns, it was well after the flatten the curve fifteen days okay mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is months after yeah I had uh going up here to the local Walmart and I was walking in just like everybody else bark walk in and uh I didn't get through the front door before they had the whole they were. They had like the. They put up like the little gates or where they wanted to guide you into one direction so they. Yeah, like sure.
1: the like, like the cattle gates. It was a cattle <laughs> gates. They weren't.
7: That were not there pre-COVID. Right. Okay. This it's a channel you into one direction into one lane so that they can check you. Okay. Right. Well, I get in the line. I'm getting in there, which would have gone a lot efficient, more faster if they just opened up the doors, right? Well, and it violates the whole social distancing. Right? The whole. That's a good point. There's a whole lot of contradiction here. So I get in line. Uh, I get up there and uh, about to walk through, and she says, sir, do you have a mask? I said, no, ma'am, I don't got a mask. I said, thanks for asking, and I continued to see the walking through. Uh, she she gets louder. You need to have a mask. I said, ma'am, I don't got one. Sorry. And she said, well, I can walk you to in our store where you can purchase one. And I said, ma'am. <laughs> I said let me let me I said let me say it a different way. I don't have one and I'm not going to wear one. There you go. And she she said, "Well, you just have to wait right here." I said, "Ma'am, I said I, I do have a little bit of time. So if there's something you need to do uh between, you know, I'll give you 5 or 10 minutes if you need to make a phone call or whatever, but eventually," I said, "I've got about 10 minutes, but I'm about to have to go in here. So I'm just trying to buy a bag of corn. I want to buy a bag <laughs> of corn. I like to hunt. Yeah. Need a bag of corn. And it's 5 bucks. And she says, "She said, just wait right there." So she, I'll wait for a second. And she, she walks off, and she comes back. And remember, this particular lady—I'll speed up the story. This particular lady is not the one that's quote doing her job. She's the Fauci. Right? Okay. Dude, this is what we're dealing with here. We're talking about the Fauci here. She,
1: she, yeah, she's a COVID zealot.
7: Oh yeah, she got it. She, she, she she's shaming me. She's telling me I don't care about people, and yeah. I was being disrespectful and all that other stuff. So she comes back with the manager. He gets on the phone. Uh he's looking at me, I'm looking at him on the phone. Two minutes later he goes, he gets off the phone, hangs up, he says, Hey sir, you you can continue shopping, carry on. And I was like, <laughs> You know what? It only took me about an extra five or ten minutes to say, Look, I'm not doing this. If there's if you need to call nine one one you can, but like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And long story short, I went back two, three days later, they had taken down all uh, mass signs they had taken down. The lady at the front that was supposed to be checking was no longer there. And so the, I'm sure they have occasional things throughout the thing to, to kind of pretend like they're playing a the game. But it only took one person, myself, standing up to, to a local Walmart to say, I'm not doing this in a way that was respectful and understanding. You know, I did provide a handful of things like Aaron Rodgers did with some st- stats and some and some educational things that, there were, that were surprising to them. Uh, but nonetheless... It was very effective here and Cheap uh, and well, Plus. So.
1: Well, I've got a story. I didn't bring it in today, but it was a, uh, a group of parents in Fulton County, Georgia, and they sued the school district uh, because their kids were being forced to wear cloth over their face for eight hours a day. Mm. Um, and the parents actually won the lawsuit. The parents yes. in Georgia won the lawsuit to where the entire district cannot uh, force their children to wear a mask all day. And so all it takes is a couple people with some courage, uh, Wesley, to, to push back, to fight back, to make the people who are pushing the, these, these unscientific, unrealistic, unreasonable measures on people make them uh, get a little bit uncomfortable, make them have to reconsider what they're doing um, and then before you know it, they come back and go, yeah, you know,
7: probably we shouldn't be doing this. Oh, yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, uh, uh, while we have the time, I also want to look at a couple places in Scripture. And I've mentioned a few of these before, but in my study today, I found a, a, a handful of more that I thought would be very beneficial to our audience. Because as AFA, as we approach the things of uh, uh, that's going on around us, things that's going on in our culture in America, uh, we always want to do the best that we can within our knowledge and uh, within our time frame to present a handful of biblical examples of what this would look like in uh, the Bible as well as in our day today. So, with that said, um, we can see in, in one of this is one of my favorite ones. The just early, I mean, you don't even get out of the first couple of books of the Bible in the Book of Exodus, the Egyptian midwives. If y'all remember that, they were they were told by their king, their Pharaoh, that they were going to kill the babies. Right, remember that, hmm. and they said uh, they just ignored it. They nullified it completely. Said, you know, not going to do it. So they didn't do it um, because they they understood that that was an immoral act to kill babies. Rahab, same way, Rahab uh, did not. And uh, uh, Joshua chapter two, and then uh, oh Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's a more popular story that people know that they said they weren't going to do it to the king. Uh, Daniel, same thing. Daniel said he wasn't going to do it to the king. Um, now, in Daniel, you'll see a handful of creative alternatives. So, you know, I do want to remind our audience we're obviously, you know, citizens' notification should be based on strict constitutionalist interpretation, a constitutional interpretation, but also Judeo-Christian and morals, mm. too, as well. So we're not, uh, you know, if the speed limit says 45, if you don't like that, Still got to drive forty five, right? We, do we we understand. There's no biblical yeah. argument against the yes. speed limit. Okay, so we're on the we're on the same page there. I know right. that I know we're going to have one person that's like they're saying just to do whatever you While, want, whatever you want. want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's no, not that's true. Not what we're saying. And then of course in Esther and oh another one. This is one of my favorite ones. But the Magi, if you remember, the Magi's they were told uh, that they needed to come back and report to where they saw Jesus and they found Jesus, but they mm. could, they found in a dream they uh, saw in a dream. That they were being deceived, and that they were, and that person was out to harm Jesus. So as a result, they didn't. And of course, Peter and John, and um, and of course Moses leading the Jews from uh from Egyptian act um captivity. Yeah. I mean, so we got countless examples in Scripture of where um citizens were told to do something that was against their conscience and was against morals and they elected to obey God rather than man
1: yeah and 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 the the thing here is folks um, if we're not gonna stand now and we're not going to take a stand until the schools and the big box stores and the governments that we're not wearing cloth over our mouth we're not doing it uh, we're not gonna take an experimental jab that has all kind of of adverse reactions, adverse uh, uh, reactions to the shot. Um, until we stand up and do that, if we're not going to do this now, then then we are we are ceding to the government. We are conceding to the government that they can tell us to do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever whatever King Biden says, we'll just do it. If you want us to turn over the Bibles or the guns, whatever, we'll do it. We'll be glad to comply. And folks, we just can't do that. Mm-mm. I mean, at some point, if we want to have anything of a free country left, I mean, we've already experienced so much damage to the Constitution and the rule of law that if we want to have anything of a country left, uh, then now is the time to stand.
7: Yeah, ultimately, and it start
1: it starts at an individual level.
7: It does, and ultimately, it's going to come down to, uh, that that very thing. It's going to if we're if we're going to preserve or even have any chance of restoring the foundations. That this country was built on the good that is obviously we weren't perfect as a as a nation but we had we were exceptional in a lot of ways and if we're going to get back and to preserve all the good things that we were founded on it's going to have to be from uh, individuals saying you know yes and or saying no to immoral things and yes, yes. to more things you know also too you're going to find I think that one thing's going to happen now this is just Wesley's commentary here but I believe that uh, you're going to see in the next ten years some really, 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 really dark blue states and some really, really 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 red states because uh the people in California that are that whether they're evangelical or not, those that at minimum are conservative, they're not there's no way they're gonna have to get a card to go eat, to go in a business that, that proves that they've got Yeah, I think a I think shots. the people
1: I think the people that disagree with this this tyranny they're they're fleeing yes, most they likely not all some, most of them most are fleeing. Of them, yeah. Uh but the, there are many people though who agree with the tyranny. They're good with the tyranny. They just mm. re-elected Gavin Newsom in California. That's right. Yeah. Um so some people are okay with tyranny and slavery. Mm-hmm. Um and they're just going to have to live under it if yep. that's what you elect and you choose. Hey, uh, next week folks, you're going to want to uh, be back at the core because I'm going to have on some guests who have experienced either they themselves have experienced or one of their close family members have experienced an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 shot. I've got about 20 emails in my inbox from yesterday's show when I gave out my email address. And by the way, if you yourself are a close family member of yours, has experienced an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 shot, I want you to email me your story by emailing thecore at afa.net. Thecore at afa.net. Email me your story. Next week, we're going to have on some of these individuals to tell their story about the adverse reactions to the shot. These are stories that need to be told,
7: and the mainstream media, they wouldn't dare tell it. Hey, thank you for having me on, Walker. Go to afa.net slash design, afa.net slash design to see our monthly challenge for the month of November. We're encouraging you to do continue to do things with your family as a family tradition. All right, AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman.
1: I'll see you on Monday.